copywriting expert and author, I help women to overcome the fear of writing and publishing their books. And I'm so excited to have Helena Zachariasen from Switzerland with me. Helena is a lifestyle coach, certified culinary consultant, and a passionate believer in living a healthy, sustainable, and happy life with less. Blending her Nordic values, her passion for interior beauty, and her life coaching mindset with the famous culinary method of tidying and choosing joy, she strives to empower and inspire people to create unique and life-changing transformations. Helena helps to simplify and declutter every area of our life so that we can design a minimal lifestyle with maximal purpose. Welcome to the show, dear Helena. Thank you so much, Esther. What a pleasure. <laughs> Let's jump right into the first question. What has been your turning moment in your life? I think I have three turning points in my life so far. And the first two is about being international. So. I spent a year in France as an exchange student when I was 17. And this shaped my, my view on, on the world and how you can live um, globally. Um, I, of course, returned back home, but I moved abroad in my late 20s. So that was my second turning point when I actually decided to, to take the step and jump into the unknown and, and start seeing what the world has to offer. And, and really use my own wings in life. And on that, from, from that step, I mean, that was a stepping stone, I, I believe. And I worked and, and lived in several countries um, before um, moving to Switzerland um, more than 10 years ago. But this comes to my third turning point, which is becoming a mother uh, nine years ago now. I have two children now, and this has definitely been <laughs> one of the most enriching experiences as well as the most challenging. What do you think was the most challenging for you? Being a mom? Becoming a mom or? Mm -hmm. Oh, there are so many aspects. I think our children are, are just our biggest teachers, our biggest <laughs> joy. There, there is just everything in between the spectrum. Um, I mean, I love it, but it's also teaching myself how to be patient and how to how to just deal with with different things every day in a in a in a way that um, allows for the children to grow and to thrive as well as for myself to feel good about myself and our family life. Mm. <laughs> I started eighteen years ago as a mother, and my biggest challenge was not to have time for myself or to allow myself to give me the time so <laughs> yeah that that sounds very familiar to, for me too <laughs> yeah. so I, I definitely know what you're talking about <laughs> so and then how how did it come that you became a consultant for Conmarie well that actually came from having children Oh. <laughs> because when when I had well both of my kids were very young they were probably both less than three and I was at home with them and 
it was a difficult time to to find a job in Switzerland with having having two small kids. Um, so I spent a lot of time at home with them. And the amount of stuff that comes with children, I, I just wasn't prepared for that. I had moved here with just a few suitcases and some some sentimental things that were important to me. And then suddenly there are these big, you know, coming from furniture to strollers to everything that's needed when you have small kids, not to even mention clothes that are outgrown in a few months when they are really, really small and the toys and, you know, bikes and whatever comes with time. So I think I just felt that it was such an overwhelming time. And I couldn't find a way to feel good about that. So that's when a dear friend of mine in, in, uh, in Finland, where I'm from, she said to me, well, do you know this lady, this Japanese lady who's organizing? So she was talking about Marie Kondo. And she had, at the time, it was fairly new. She had written her first book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. So I got the book, but I didn't read the whole thing. I did skim through it but I really liked everything I, I I had the time to read at the time um so it it was there in my mind but it wasn't until a few a few years later that I really then I was kind of getting to a point where it's not working anymore and that's when I got someone to help me in the house and through this she was becoming a, a Kanmari consultant as well and that changed my life in a way because it was such a big transformation that I that I went through. Not it's not something that happens overnight. It's it's like a long period of time. I think in my case it was probably six months or more. I mean, I did the the actual work in my home, but the the all the mental transformation, all the, the work within the deep work that and the transformation that came from that, the results, those came only later. Mm. And that's how I decided to, to do the training with Marie Kondo myself. Amazing. And how would you describe, Helena, the, the emotional or mental transformation you do when you tied up things in your house or home? Well, it is, of course, very individual what kind of transformation will take place. But for most people, when you go through your things, it's like a time journey through your past. And that is very healthy, actually. It's, it's not like being with, I'm not a, a therapist of any kind, but I'm a coach. So I will support and guide with any questions, any sentiments or emotions that are coming up. But of course, if there are deeper uh, issues, they have to be dealt with, with a professional. But going through all these emotions, all the, the things with someone else actually brings up feelings of relief and, you know, power. You, you actually done so much in your life. And then once you've, you've made all the choices based on joy and what you actually love to keep in your life, then you get to a point where you actually, you just feel good about what you have decided to keep and that means you get clarity in all, all other areas of your life too so you learn how to let go of things that are no longer serving you or things that you no longer need for for the person you're becoming what I do want to say here is also that 
even if you're letting go of things, it doesn't mean you will lose any memories. <laughs> so many people come to me with the question of saying, yeah, but I love my memories and I don't want to get rid of this and that because of 25 different reasons. And I totally understand that, but nobody can take away your memories. So you can keep those inside of you and maybe hold on to one or two physical items instead of a hundred. And this is something we discuss a lot during the process of the letting go, of the emotional feelings, everything that comes up during the process. So usually at the end of this long process, you can find that you feel clearer, you feel confident, you feel at peace with yourself. You have a calmness in your home because there's not an excess of things anymore. And this doesn't mean that you have become or you, that you need to become a minimalist. A minimalist is something completely different and everyone can have their own um, definition of it. My definition of minimalism is to have um, something called just right. In Swedish, we call it lagom, which means just right. So this amount is different for every one of us. And that is where we try to get to a point where you feel happy with everything you have. Nothing more, nothing less. So I think the, the results can really vary. I mean, some people will maybe at the end of the process notice that, well, actually, I don't like my job. I want to do something else or I want to start over as an entrepreneur. I don't know. Or move to another home or a country or, you know, the... The results can really be on very different levels and very, very um, varying. So it can be amazing. It, it can be really transformational. Great. I love it. And just um, how about children? How do you do this process with your children or with maybe your clients' children? I'm just curious. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very good question, actually. And children, the, depending on the age, but if you start young, so for example, my kids have grown up with, with my systems at home and, and my, my philosophy of, of living with less. Um, the only thing you really need to do is, is be a role model for them and tell them why you're doing certain things and why it is important. Because if you're not telling them, how, how would they know? So what I do is I, I go through their things on a regular basis and we discuss, could we donate this to someone else because you're not playing with it anymore or the clothes that are too small, whatever it is about, they are now very um, in tune with themselves and they know what they like and what they don't like. So I think it's also, a, it's, it's something that they grow into. And I notice, especially with my daughter, who is nine, that she comes to me now with the things that she doesn't really need anymore. <laughs> so she tells me, mommy, can we give this to someone or, you know, friends, children or, or donate to, to kids in need or whatever. So I think there's, there's a, a responsibility for us as parents to teach our children that being orderly and being living or living with less is not depriving anyone from anything. It is really about sustainability, that we don't need that much 
after all, and then helping others as well. So it's a win-win. <laughs> and how do you help children to find what is the right amount? So your daughter has already got it, probably. But how do you help children? Well, it's a work in progress. I don't know if she has really got it. She's she's on her way because children are, they're very emotional and impulsive. So whenever they see something they like, they want it all. But I think the, the best thing you can do with children is to have them compare. Do you like this more or that more? And then you kind of narrow it down. So what we also do on a regular basis is to look through artwork. Children bring home so many artwork from school, for example. And then I say, out of these, maybe there's 30 of them for, for a month, or maybe there's more, 50. And then I say, can you choose 10 of these? So have them choose, have them always find their favorites. They can do that. They're very good at it. And at the end of the day, you say, we make a, we make a wall where you can hang them up and, and have like an exhibition or... Well, then we take pictures of the best, best ones and, and send those to, to relatives or we make a small book or whatever. So there are many, many things you can do, but the comparison is best for, for younger children. <laughs> Great, love it too. And Helena, if somebody doesn't want to declutter the whole home, house, whatever, um, just maybe start with small steps, baby steps. Maybe some people need baby steps. Um, what would you recommend? Well, it depends what the goal is. I always ask my every single person I work with starts with a vision. So we do a session on, on what their vision and their goals are, because if you don't know where you want to go, it's impossible to work on it. Otherwise, you will never feel fulfilled. If you, you, you can declutter in every single room of your house, but not feel like you've done anything at all. So I think the vision and the goal is the most important place to start with. And after that, if you feel, let's say you decide, well, I just want to reduce a little bit, let's say in my kitchen to feel happier, then you can do that by all means, but always do it by category because that is much easier. So let's say if you want to, to change something in your, in your kitchen, Start with a category like your glasses or your coffee cups. You don't have to do the whole kitchen at, at once. So always, like you say, the baby steps, one thing at a time. Do not allow it to take more than maybe 15 minutes. And then it's done. And that will show you a result, which will actually give you energy to continue. <laughs> Amazing. And this vision, do you ask people to write them down? I mean, if you start a bigger process? Always, always. I have a workbook, uh, which I work with together with my clients. So we go through their life, where they are at the moment, where they want to go. And we discuss it so that we know together um, the red thread, because all the, all your belongings will actually, they are, they are kind of combined to your goal and vision. So if you say, let's say I want to have um, my life, I want it to look like this, and then you have five different steps there. 
then my questions as a coach during the process of decluttering, I will ask questions concerning that goal, which will make it easier to let go of things. And it's not only things, this is actually very, very important. So when I work with my clients, it's very important, of course, to start with the physical things, but I also very much discuss the emotional things. So we can, we might be need to let go of relationships. We might need to let go of, of uh, emotions or whatever it is that comes up. Maybe you need to declutter your digital life. There are so many different areas in addition to the physical, but we start with the physical because that's where, that's where you live. And it has a huge impact on ourselves, on our lives, what we see around us, the visual clutter. And once that is reduced, it's much easier to see inside what it is that we need. <laughs> Great. And I imagine you get very close to, to your clients because you will get to know a lot of stories. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And with some I, I have, yeah, we become friends and we stay in touch um, because yes, it's, it's a very intimate process and we spend a lot of time together and we, they share stories uh, of their personal life, their past. So um, yeah, it, it is a great, I love my job exactly for that reason, because you get to know so many different people and hear so many stories. It's amazing. Did you also work with uh, messies or I don't know how you call them people who have their whole home I sometimes I see pictures <laughs> on social media or in newspapers well maybe you mean like extreme messes or yes yeah that's yeah. all hoarding and that is that is actually an illness and these kind of people who are that is an extreme way mm. Of living and these people would not necessarily contact me because they don't really realize that they have a problem mm. so my clients realize and they don't feel good about themselves or their home and that is why they are ready to work on it but someone who is a hoarding a hoarder or a hoarding personality or has a disorder would not be able to to uh, to work on that with someone like like me they would need professional help first Hmm. So you never work with someone who is hoarding amazingly a lot of stuff? No, I haven't worked with a hoarder myself. <laughs> And what do you recommend as well our listeners to, to do on a maybe monthly or yearly basis to, to declutter their life and their homes? Oh, wow. I love that question. There's a lot you can do. And actually, coming back to your question about baby steps, um, I wrote two blog posts in the, earlier this year about 22 things you can declutter during uh, 2022. And there are exactly all these baby step things you could do that doesn't necessarily take up too much of your time. So this, this includes, for example, medicines that you could go through every single year because they expire and, and cannot be used anymore. Or that your, your papers, tax papers that you might not need for, there's always one year you could probably let go of. There are a lot of these 
regular things that need needs maintenance in your home. And these I would definitely recommend everyone to do at least once a year. And when it comes to kids, of course, you might need to do, do those more often. For example, the artwork that I mentioned, because that has a tendency to, to really pile up. Uh, so that might be a good um, starting point if you have kids. Mm. And how about clothes, Helena? Clothes is a great <sighs> way to do well it depends where you live in the world but for myself living here in switzerland where we have four seasons i go through my clothes every season so when the seasons change i have a look what does it look like now are there things that are you know what are what is the condition of my clothes are there holes or is this something that doesn't look that nice anymore is this maybe not something i i like to wear whatever it is then i go through it and then donate what i don't need and I also want to say here that when I speak about letting go, it doesn't mean throwing things away. I'm very, very, um, I'm a huge advocate for sustainability. So I like people to think really deeply about what you want to do, what you can do with clothes you're not wearing anymore. It's, it's not so easy to sell unless you have really high-end nice things, those you can try to sell, but the biggest maybe greatest recommendation is to try and find family friends acquaintances where you can just donate things or have a like a garage sale for your local community and just give the things away and helena how do you find out the right amount regarding clothes i think it's oh. difficult sometimes isn't it well, it depends. I think when you get used to it, you, you will notice which are my favorite clothes. There is actually a, a statistic here that I always like to share, which is we use 20% of our clothes 80% of the time. <laughs> and I think that's, that's quite a big um, wake-up call for most people. When you realize 20% of everything I have mm. in my in my wardrobe, that's nothing, right? Yeah. But it is because you choose only your favorite things to wear. So I would say it's not about how much you have. It's about how much you love them and how comfortable you feel in those clothes. As soon as you notice you, you don't like wearing something, it doesn't feel good, it will take away your confidence as well and your feelings of well-being and how you show up in the world. So I think the more you, you can let go of the stuff that are not really serving you, the better you will feel in your everyday life. Mm. I see, I hear you, but sometimes me personally, I wanna get rid of so many things, but then I realize I need this for this hobby or for that occasion, hiking in Switzerland or <laughs> swimming, or we need so much material and it's not possible just to reduce it to a small, small, small amount. <laughs> well, maybe it doesn't have to be reduced to a minimum. Maybe it could just be about reducing the amount of how many you have for each category. Let's say you don't, you might not need 
five pairs of hiking pants, maybe one or two would be enough. That already reduces a lot. Or, or take socks, for example. I don't know how many sock drawers I've seen in my <laughs> life where there are, I don't know, 50 pairs of socks. And you need seven pairs per week, right? And maybe a few sports socks in between. And that's it, because then you will probably do laundry. So I would just love it if people would think about, do I really need all of this? And what is it that I always choose? I think I reduce my socks now to, I think there's about 15 pairs or something with a different height, et cetera, for, for summer and, and winter, plus then some sports socks and that's it. And I totally, that works. There's no problem with it. <laughs> so I think this is where people need to just have a look and really give it a reflection on why do I have so many? I mean, I have a lot of clients who also tell me, well, I go shopping when I don't feel good or I go online shopping. You know, it's like emotional eating. So actually, I also discuss a lot about this with my clients, their shopping habits. Why do you actually shop? Or can you maybe sleep on it before you push that order button? It's, it's too easy for us to shop right now. We can just click a few buttons and then the package is delivered a few days later. So I think if we all would just pause and think twice before we buy and ask ourselves, why am I buying this? Is it because I really need it? Which is then perfectly fine. Or is it because I'm bored or I, I don't feel good about something in my life? I don't like my job. I don't like my husband or wife or whatever it is. Or I'm struggling with my kids. It could be anything. I think we need to be more aware of our feelings and what happens within us when we go by, by new things. Mm, beautiful said. So Helena, where can people reach you? Well, I'm active on Instagram under helena.sakariasen or alternatively on my website, myhappy-home.ch. Great. And for the ending, what will be the three messages you would give out to the world? I think one thing is that we make our lives way more complex than they need to be. And I learned this myself. And my mission now is to share that with as many as possible. We can do it differently. It doesn't have to be so difficult. And the second thing is that I think we all need to see that we create our own happiness with our choices, that we are actually the creators and not the victims. Things are not happening to us. We can do so much more. And the third one is that we need to be kind to ourselves, forgive and give peace a chance. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Helena. Thank you, Esther. It was lovely.